Greetings, everyone. My name is Michael Rosso. I'm here with John Fideli. Hey, everybody. The gang will be here later. Yes. John, before we started rolling, John was asking about, it's like, do you remember? Do you remember getting your eyes burned out on Christmas morning by a flash bar with four 1,000-watt bulbs on it? I do. They're probably 500 watts, right? Yes, they're probably 500 it's watt like each. 2,000 watts blasting in your face. So, That's a lot of watts. Well, John and I are of a certain age. Yes. We were little children in the late 60s. So the only way to document was film. So we would wake up on Christmas morning and, you know. Have to wait forever for Dad to get the camera loaded <laughs> and find a plug for the light bar and. Yeah. So extension cord so we can move around. It was an amazing amount of light, and so many people's home movies have, like, the shots of the kids with, like, their hand in front of their eyes. <laughs> you do, too. I've seen yeah. yours. I've seen it. Like, uh... <laughs> they're so, like, look in the camera and smile, and you can't see anything. It's blinded. That's because the ISO was 25. Was it really? Kodachrome 25. Wow. If it was black and white, it was 10. Jeez. And then a few, a few years later, it was a big, you know, big deal. Uh, Kodachrome 40. Wow. Well, yeah. that Still needed the lights. Nearly doubled it. I remember my parents asking me, like, what did you get? Hold it up. I'm like, I don't know. I can't see. Oh, really? Absolutely. Where are those movies? I have them. I have them. Uh, I think my sister got them uh, put onto DVD. Oh, uh, oh Which okay. will soon be obsolete. And she's like, oh, John, I have the DVD. I threw the films away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. I should ask her. Yeah. I should. She has Because the DVD is probably crap yeah. quality. Yeah. I have to get them, uh, what do you call it, digitized. Digitized here at the FPP uh, uh, movie film department. Do you guys do that? Do you archive? Yeah. We oh. get a lot of vintage film here. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Mostly eight or 16 too? Some 16, mostly eight. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, folks, to you know our holiday spectacular. And regardless of uh, your faith, we hope you're having a very nice holiday season. Yes. Yes, we are. Let's not forget all of our friends of varying faiths. Today, we're going to be talking about the newest light meter from Raveni Labs. Oh. Then we're going to have a book of the month. Book of the month. And then uh, Matt's going to be talking about nonlinear, nonlinear editing on your phone. Ooh, Matt. Which is very... <laughs> Which is very handy. I mean, if you're yeah. shooting videos Absolutely. with your phone, but also if you're if you're getting your Digital if you're shooting files. Super 8 or 8 millimeter, yeah. you could you know put your file on your phone and while you're commuting to work on the train or bus, you edit can just, your movie exactly. We have a few letters first. Let's uh, do our letters. Letters. First. We've got letters. Opening up this package is just like opening up a package on Christmas Day. Not really. <laughs> Uh, this one's from Ian Fleming. Oh, hello, no, Ian. No relation. Uh, he says, Mike, I've just started using distilled water in my black and white C41 and C41. I also filter using coffee filter papers, of which the UK has plenty. It's been absolutely the best thing I've done. Have you ever heard this? No. Using it... rainwater in your chemistry. Are you sure he's not saying, he's saying... the brand of the filters are called rainwater brand? <laughs> I don't think so, no. He, he just said he's using distilled water. He said, I'm doing distilled in all my black and white. I also, yes. in addition, yes. I also filter using coffee filter papers, rainwater, <sighs> of which the UK has plenty, because you know it's always raining in it's the It's true. Arc. I never heard of that. Yeah. Ever. What he else? He says he's, it's the best thing he's done. 
He says, I keep my chemistry in old plastic one liter tonic water bottles, right? Yes, as we do. Which means I can squeeze out the air and see if any bits in the chemicals that shouldn't be there. See if there are any bits in the chemicals that shouldn't be there. So you just close it. If Ian Fleming is squeeze. if he's shooting uh, Vision 3 500T or 250D or 50D and he's developing at home with the kits, he's going to get those remjet particles. Oh, right. But uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're unsightly to look at, but they don't affect the chemistry at all. Maybe he's also saying if little bits from the rainwater get past oh. the filter. Well, the rainwater thing, Ian, you need to explain that. Like, a little more details. Are you saying that you put buckets on your roof and you collect rainwater and using that to develop film? Separately, the first statement he made, which is, I'm using distilled water. Bravo, I use distilled water. It makes a big difference. Yeah. I've had folks email us, and Leslie has responded, who had all these spots on the film only because they were using city tap water. Oh. And recently we did a, a spot, I think on this show. What show? Where Matt was talking about. There's a massive difference. Some <laughs> municipalities, yeah. they put all sorts of, um, you know, bits in the water. What? You know, they put fluoride, they put this, they put uh, they that. Put... Or if your water is hard. We have very hard water where I live. And also there could be lime in the water. Lime into coconut? But anyhow, distilled water, terrific. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Well, thanks, Ian. What else you got there? Bill and Lynn Lowy. Oh. Should I open it? Yeah. It seems like maybe it's a Christmas card. If if this is a Christmas card, Bill and Lynn Lowy, this would be the first time we actually open your card on Christmas and yeah. not... Nine months later. <laughs> yeah, it seems like maybe it's a photo. Oh, very nice. Yes. Oh, look at him on his bike. Happy holidays, Lynn and Bill at the Forgotten Angels Camp Out, Valrico, Florida, March 2022. They're bikers. Look at that. Nice green Harley. You see? It's pretty cool. Bill, you're looking pretty tough, bro. Whoa. Whoa. You, you and your and you and your chick. Is Holy that what they call them? smokes. That is a Harley. It's a biker chick. That's a tough looking bike. Because I'm the fun. If it wasn't for that green jacket he's wearing, I, I'd be scared of him. <laughs> uh, well, good on you, Bill. He's enjoying his retirement. Looks like he's having fun. Terrific. And he's also, as we mentioned in the past, sent us tons and tons of stuff for the donation program. That's wonderful. That is much appreciated. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, they've sent donations in, which is greatly appreciated. Uh, Dan News, N-U-Y-E-S, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, sent us two cameras and filters and stuff. Thank you so much. Lynn McDonald sent some Pentax lenses and bags. She said, I know the cover on the camera looks bad, but I left it on to add more protection during shipping. I think she sent a a nice Pentax. I don't know if it was a K-1000 or a Spotmatic. Hasn't, haven't used the camera in about 10 years, but it worked just fine when I tested it. And I think we actually sent it out. We just had a big, uh, two big shipments go out, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, also, Ian Ross from Providence, Rhode Island, uh, sent Canon QL17, a Nikon N90, and a Pentax Spotmatic F. Thank you so much. All good cameras for the donation program. So the camera donation programs, we just sent out, I can tell you, yeah. maybe 60 cameras. Oh. Two different schools. The first one was uh, the University of North Dakota. Okay. Department of Art and Designs, uh, under the leadership of Professor Suzanne Gonzalez-Smith. Um, she got a nice package out there with tripods and filters and flash flashes and all kinds of stuff. And the Refuge Art School, where are you located, Refuge Art School? In Kingsborough, Massachusetts. Got a very large shipment of stuff. Uh, all things that have been gone through and checked by the FPP Donations Camera Department, uh, okay. which is me, yeah, that's me. And sent out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
and sent out to uh, get young people into the art of film photography. I'm going to put my request in. So uh, what? I've been a Professor Mike at the oh, uh, Union right. College in Cranford, New Jersey. Mm. Uh, intro to film photography. So the spring 2023 semester, I was just, um, I went into the catalog. So I'm like, oh my God, like what is, how many students can be in this class? Because I currently have eight for the fall. Yeah. So I'm a little concerned because the eight is like, for me, my mental maximum. <laughs> yeah. Eight students. Think about it. So that's, that's eight students. <laughs> I mean, wait, let me do the math. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You're right. Later in this past semester, we started printing. Many thanks for Matt Mirage for hoofing it out here to New Jersey to help me evaluate the the enlargers, what they are, how to set them up, how to mix the chemistry again, because I was very rusty. How many enlargers are there? Eight. Really? There are eight little rooms with each one has a little door. You're kidding me. There are eight little enlarger rooms. Wow. Where, you know, students can... So in this, you know, the very, one of the last classes, all eight students were in hmm. and we're all doing printing. So I'm actually literally running, running around. from one room to the, okay, good. All right, next. I'll be right back. All right. So, you know, da -da, yeah. da -da, set your F-stop. Okay. Remember, this had to work the timer. Da -da, okay. Mm. Don't go away. Oh next. Like, I'm trying to think back to William Patterson. I don't think there were separate rooms, right? The enlargers were all in one big room, weren't, weren't they? Yes, they were. It was one room and it was always on. Yeah. There's no door. It had... A, a hallway that yeah. went in it that curved, snaked. Yeah. snaked so that light would not get in or right, out. Right, right, right. And it's so funny because I don't know what your recollection is of William Patterson Darkroom. I have no recollection of like being taught, but I have very yeah. vivid rec recollections of just using it. Yeah, like going in there and like hmm. I don't, I don't remember. No, I don't remember anybody guiding me through the process. No, I think we went through it in class. Yeah, and then it was like okay. Go print your stuff. You just go in there and fumble about and, you know, rely on, you know, you crib off other people like, oh, what are they doing? What kind of paper do they so have? So folks out there, you know, it's remarkable that, you know, here in the U.S., I'm, I'm guessing elsewhere, that there are still existing high school darkrooms or mm. college darkrooms, high school and college, that are functioning and have teachers that are mm. actually, you know, heading this up. So the Union College where I teach, I just simply received an email in September saying... Help. help yes. <laughs> yes. Help. Is there someone at your organization that can teach this class? And I just didn't think about it. I just did. Mm. See, Mike, your, your heart is not made of coal. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Well, everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't, I mean, you didn't even think about it. It was a very selfless act. I, I, I mean, I'm sure you're not doing it for the pay. No. The school camera donation program that we've been doing, donating gear to schools by me teaching has really enlightened me to have a better feel for how our teachers feel. Mm -hmm. FPP donated eight Canon FT cameras to this class mm -hmm. i loaned them out to the students i don't know what i would have done without them so i know exact i can feel our other professors the anxiety there, they'd have like oh my god when they, am i gonna get cameras because you know it says in the criteria of you know the catalog you must provide your own camera but it's even though it says it in black and white words who has that it doesn't translate to actual reality because then even the students, the students are not even going to know what to buy. Gives you a little bit more empathy for what the teachers are going Absolutely. through who are looking for uh, cameras and whatnot from donation program. Anyway. Anyhow, we have this program. John's heading it up. When the gang is in town, we were all work on it together. I'm so happy that our listeners and folks out there 
are sending still still sending their gear here. Yeah. It never stops. And we're steady stream. And we also get a st- steady stream of requests. Yep. When we come back, yeah. Matt's going to be talking about the Raveni, the newest Raveni light meter. Mm. Yeah, he's digging it. Tiny. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, what are we going to get for Grandma this year? A football! For Grandma? Yeah. A puppy? I don't think so. A Kodak camera. Oh, <laughs> you're cooking. Of all the gifts you can give, here's one everybody likes. The Kodak Extra Light 10 camera. It's got electronic flash built right in, so you're always ready in a flash. It's Kodak's most popular pocket camera. Right, Chris? Right, but there's still nothing wrong with the football. Kodak, America's storyteller. Hey, we're back. And uh, with us for this segment is Mr. Matt Marash. Matt is going to be talking about... Uh... Ravini. Yeah, that's right. Raveni Light. Oh, Raveni, sorry. But you could do it's not you could sing it Ravini. Yeah, is it Ra- Ravini or Raveni? Raveni. Oh. What what country? Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, right up the we road. We can walk there. We don't need a boat. <laughs> sure. Uh, Matt, take it away. What's what's new at the Raveni Light Meter Company? So fresh out of Raveni Labs, uh, Matt over at Raveni, uh, of course. Le- uh, what was that? Twenty? Is that twenty twenty? No, sorry, twenty twenty one. He sent out a the spot meter, and I really hyped that one up because I use a spot meter a lot for my large format photography. But the one thing, and I always have mentioned this to him, I was relentless, Mike. We, we emailed back and forth, and I was like, can't do flash, can't do flash. Give me a meter that can, because the big thing that separates all these other projects and phone meters and everything that Sekonic just had a monopoly on is uh-huh. can't do flash. So re- really, I think, was a, a big uphill battle for a lot of these smaller projects that Raveni was doing is get a meter that can do flash. Mm-hmm. And he's, I remember him showing me a very early prototype of this, this meter. And he's like, what do you think about a meter that you'd never had to put down? I'm like, what do you mean not put down? Like, just wear it on your neck? He's like, no. You can wear it. Like a ring. Like, no, like brass knuckles. Yeah. There you go. Here it is. That's what it looks like. This is, the new, this is the new Raveni meter. But the interesting thing about this meter, it brings all of his prior experience with, it brings all his prior experience in working, in working with these user interfaces and designing meters into this new incident flash meter. So check it out. It's got the dome on top. Yes. It's got this really nice color display for changing your settings. It's a very nice display. It's got an incident dome. It does have a reflected little meter, which is very similar to what's in the spot meter. How do you know what you, you know, is the, is there a viewfinder to look through? Or? There's not. So you're kind of just aiming and it's okay. like a five degree. So you okay. just kind of pop it in that direction. Okay. It's got some, um, it takes one of the upgraded features to his spot meter was you could get an adapter that took AAA batteries because the button cells, they, they get yeah. cold. They're, they're, yeah, they don't last long. This one takes AAAs. Nice. It can take alkaline or rechargeable, which mm-hmm. is nice. It is user upgradable via like uh, via firmware. So in the battery door here, uh, it does have a slot for uh, micro USB, so you can update stuff. And because this is a flash meter, it doesn't just look for the pop from the dome like the normal flash mode. Yes. It also has a sync port. Get oh, out. that's yeah. pretty cool. And that's for like a three and a half inch or the like the mic jack. You, so you put your sync cord in there. But you can do the pop flash, right? Yeah, and okay. that's probably the going to be the most convenient for something you're wearing right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has this little joystick down here. This is meant to be worn around your, you know, two or three fingers, depending. And it's got this little elastic that holds it on. And then you have this kind of center joystick, which is what moves everything around. And I can change different modes within here. So I have incident metering, reflective, 
So that's a reflective mm-hmm. in the front. I have flash metering, and it also does have cine metering, cine through incident or reflective. And cine is for like you set your your like shutter speed, shutter angle, and it mm-hmm. will give you that. It has an ISO range. This is another big upgrade with the Raveni Labs. So because he's able to increase the sensitivity, that's what allows him to do the flash metering in here. This goes from ISO 1, so shooting paper, or maybe some of those cool FPP cine films, Yeti reversal, ISO 1. And it goes all the way up to ISO 12,800, which is crazy high. That's crazy high. No one should be shooting that. No, but if you maybe did, you're doing back and forth. Who's ever shooting that? I don't know. It has different priority modes, aperture priority, shutter priority. You can uh, you can override the calibration of the meter, and then you can mm. choose whole stops, half stops, oh, third stops, right. all that stuff. <clears throat> Very versatile. The other thing that really surprised me, maybe I just, I, I probably didn't read enough because Matt's very technical. Like he's really good at designing these things, knows the uni- user interface in and out. When I got this, I was playing around with it. I'm like, holy crow, Mike, <laughs> I take a measurement. It gives me, it gives me color temperature. Oh. It's telling me the Kelvin. To get a color temperature meter my whole life. Look at this. Really? Right now there. you can. 4200 Kelvin it in It hasn't here. changed. <laughs> Well, before we measured the Kelvin. The yeah. cool thing, too, is it's giving me those longer exposures. So I'm, uh, if I'm uh, shooting here at F32, I shouldn't. But, hey, it's uh, 12 seconds at ISO 200. That's great. So, what do, you, what do you think, ergonomically speaking, how is it for ease of use? I, I don't know. Get through the menu. I think I've just not been not playing enough of my Nintendo Switch because <laughs> I think anybody that's video gaming is yeah. going to take right to this. But the other cool thing is it's ambidextrous. Uh, so left or right-handed interface. Or yeah. Yep. So the user interface is pretty easy to, to move through. Uh, you're up and down, shift you into the menu, and then press and hold to run through the menu to set everything. Oh, yeah, Been Mike, within flash. <laughs> within the flash mode, <laughs> you, also you also can choose the flash duration time periods. So that's like your T1 and your T half time. You, have you played around with those? No. So depending on if you're using like a high-speed flash or like a an LED-style flash, you can check what the T half times is. That's where what uh, what frame half of the power of the flash comes. That's for like using speed lights oh, at very God. low powers. So this can meter some very, very powerful and also very, very small lights at the same time. Wow. So Matt's just done a bang-up job on this. This is still a prototype I'm playing around with. I know he's made the announcements. Um, on this, but uh, Raveni Labs will have uh, you know more info, pre-order information. I'm I'm How still much? How much? <laughs> it's less than three hundred. What is this called again? It's a light meter, Mike. It's hey, very versatile. It has color. Te- I mean, color temperature meters itself They're, is expensive. expensive. Yeah, yeah. So you're, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of technical uh, packed into that mm-hmm. small container. So, so the Raveni Labs Incident Meter, title of this is the Incident Meter, much more versatile, but it does not do a specific spot reading. So if you're not doing the landscape, but you're doing flash, or you want to be able to shoot your camera, quickly check your meter, mm-hmm. and then go back to shooting, you don't have to put it down. It's pretty convenient. It definitely does look like brass or knuckles now that you talk about it. if some digital guys walk up oh, yeah. to you and start giving you crap and you have to rumble. There it is. You can use it, it as brass knuckles. I think it, yeah, you maybe need a brass knuckle accessory or maybe a spike for there should it. Be it a, may be an upgrade. There should, I was going to say, there should be a gold-plated update uh, <laughs> so that it looks <laughs> like brass knuckles. Yeah, they, you maybe can, it's 3D, it does have that 3D printed shell, so maybe he can, uh, he can bling it out How do you, you set the ISO? 
So to set the ISO, let me turn around here real quick. All right, here we're up. So I just press, uh, I press down or up, and then I go right there to my ISO menu, and I just move my arrows to the side. It's very and then, simple. And I give it a click. Child okay. could use it. What do you put your shutter speed, your shutter speed in? So it dep- depends on the priority. Right now I'm on aperture priority. So if I go shutter priority, I can set my shutter speed, and it's going to change the f-stop based on my, my reading right there. So you could set... You could set your shutter as one, like I'm thinking motion picture. Oh, well, in. there's a cine mode. Yeah. Oh, what, what? Turn oh, on cine. So if I, pre- if I press down and I go to the mode to cine, boom. So what uh, shutter speed is set right now? Uh, right now it's at 15 seconds, so that has to be a little bit Oof. slower. <laughs> That's like time-lapse stuff. So my shutter, let's set my shutter speed to, you're shooting those uh, 16 frames. Yep. So 130th. 130th, boom. ISO 1600 film, I'm at F45. Give me that. It's pretty cool. So, Matt, when does this hit the market? Uh, it's available for pre-order now. Uh, we're, we're looking at, like, early, early 2023. Oh, okay. For shipping on these. Now, the other cool thing to mention about the Raveni, he's maybe the only project uh, that, when backed on Kickstarter, he delivered mm-hmm. exactly when he said he would. Sure did. Very few of those out there. So you would say... He's dedicated. Super dedicated. Really responsive to user feedback, yeah, too. He's, he's in it to win it. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. We'll be right back. Mr. Chester. Oh, hi, kids. We want a camera. It's a present for Mom. Well, how much do you have? This. Well, your mom will like a camera that's real simple. Polaroid's one step. You never focus. Just point it, press the button, and the motor hands you the picture. The SX-70 colors come up sharp and clear in minutes. Boy, Mom's going to be surprised. We'll take it. Polaroid's One Step, the simplest camera ever. Back. All right, how about a book in a month? Okay. How about a book of the... This is a Christmas unwrapping. (laughs) We're going to unwrap the present of the book of the month. Stand by for that. On Christmas Day. He didn't like Christmas. He didn't like Santa Claus. And most of all, he didn't like children. Time to wake this show up. Hey, we're back. Joining us for this segment uh, is Leslie Lazenby, and in the background is Mr. Owen McCafferty and uh, Matt, Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey. Background, background is coffee draining from a 1979 mm-hmm. percolator. Fellas, don't drink that coffee. You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator. So, uh, Leslie, please, this is a book review, book of the month. Please take it away. This book is called Good Pictures, A History of Popular Photography. It's by Kim Beale. It was published by Stanford University Press in 2020, so it's a relatively new book. It's available in a printed form or as an e-book. Uh, Beale discusses 50 trends. This is not at all what I thought it was from the title, but Beale discusses 50 trends in photography and their original appeal, which gave them the notoriety of being good pictures. That's very much Kodak statement, isn't it? How to it's, shoot it good pictures. The text and the images used to give examples and how it was presented at the time. So they go through almost, I believe, decades and tell us why and what and why and how it changed. It is an excellent source for historic information on the photographic printed image. And it, it includes amateurs and artists, portrait and commercial photography, broad spectrum. This book was inspired by the Eastman Kodak series, How to Take Good Pictures. Mm. And that was published between 1912 and 1995. Wasn't that a great run? Wow, that is a really good run. Mm-hmm. She starts with uh, Louis-Jacques Mandet Daguerre. Oh, Daguerre. Mm-hmm. Yes, French. And boils into 
Samuel F.B., Samuel Finley, Brees Morris. Now, to be anybody special, do you have to have like three or four names in photography? It helps. It really helps. Anyway, we know Samuel F.B. Morris from his telegraph fame. He met Daguerre in 1839, and then he opened a studio in New York City, not only for customers to photograph them, but he also offered instruction to aspiring folks wanting to learn this media. And being the first master of photography here in the U.S., he dedicated and taught what made good pictures. Early photographs were shunned. They were considered... It was not considered art. And it was considered, get this, too accurate for self-love. Oh, my... Due to the... <laughs> Due to the accuracy of the image. That's, a, that's like a song title, too accurate for self-love. self-love. Then, from the beginning of this book, with the daguerreotype, we move into the negative process mm-hmm. with William Fox Talbot. Talbot. Mm-hmm. All those paper processes. The paper process, though, you know, allowed for retouching. Mm-hmm. Faster exposures. Lies. <laughs> more, <laughs> more relaxed subjects. Vignetting. Adding color changed the perception at that time to now what is a good picture Mm -hmm. using all of these. Tintypes made for cheaper images. The material was cheaper. Oh, imagine calling tintypes a cheaper (laughs) cheaper medium. Duplicates via exposure. You you could shoot multiples on one piece Mm -hmm. and cut them apart. This made these things like a quarter each, that type of thing. And that made photography obviously more affordable to people. And thus, more studios opened up. And once again, it changed the look and the technique for good pictures. Now, it's fun to think about it today, but the longest lasting trend that we still use today is the lighting. Example, Rembrandt style lighting. Yes, classic. And image cropping. Shadows in the beginning were considered defects. But when the Rembrandt style of lighting came in, Hollywood lighting, it's now something new and great and everybody wants this. Now, today, we've gone back. Full circle. We've gone back. Ring lights, shadowless mm-hmm. lighting. Yep. Other subjects in here include not only retouching the face, but the waist. Very common to nip in a mm-hmm. woman's waist on these pictures. Instant photography, but not Polaroid. Rapid exposures with, as they called it, electronic sparks. <laughs> Making images in places never before photographed, such as your home. Kodak changed the good picture image by allowing consumers to record family events. It was much more human, much more relaxed on their brownie cameras. And by human, I mean everyday life, humor, and emotions went along with it. As you go through this book, you're going to find subjects like wildlife and landscape photography, how we imitate painting and the technique of the masters. When we had the addition of color, when we used sepia mm-hmm. to change toning, yeah. toning to, to soften it, when we actually then did hand color. And then, of course, Kodachrome, wonderful Kodachrome. You have portrait styles. You have the graininess of the 60s. All at once, that became a cool thing to do. Grain now goes in and out of favor once again. Cropping style, full body, no cropped images to Hollywood haircuts. Polaroids were not only instant gratification, but they were also used often for instant learning tools, artistic creations, and serious photographer, I don't mean serious, I mean studio photographers to check lighting. Mm. So it all had its place in this history too. Another thing it talks about that I'm not really wild on, in the past was an error, Mm. (laughs) cross-processing. 
ran a roll of film through the lab the wrong way. You just like got down on your knees, please, please, when the customer picked this up. And now it's intentional. She talks about bouquet. Bookie. Bouquet. Bouquet. Bookie. Bouquet. Uncle June, how was bokeh? Photoshop. <clears throat> how that has changed to what a good picture is. How before, if we had something soft-focused, it was looked down upon. Mm-hmm. How it goes in and out of style. How night yeah. imagery goes in and out of style. Candid's versus posed and street photography. Hollywood glamour versus paparazzi. <laughs> so the list goes on and on. It's a, it's a hard book to put down. I call it from sepia to selfies. <laughs> the, the rules of good pictures are always shifting, reflecting new ways of thinking about ourselves and our place in the visual world. It is an excellent source of the popular images and the history of images. I'm also reminded really of my own images that sometimes I don't like it all. Go out, shoot some film, make a contact sheet, and think, why did you ever get out of bed? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll look at him in a month or a year later looking at something and think, oh, my God, I love that. What was wrong with me? Fresh set of eyes. Fresh yeah. set of eyes. I, I just, almost everything I rarely like that I shoot first time around. So... I don't know who sent me this book. It simply showed up in my mailbox. Whether it may have been the publisher, there was no note to it. Brand new book. Whoever sent it, thank you very much. Oh, you don't know who sent you this book? I do not. Maybe it's a listener. It it could be. I wondered because it was so new if it could have been the author. Over the months and, and few years, folks have contacted us. For book reviews, I have said, send them, send it to Leslie Isenby. We may have discussed it. We just forgot. It's oh, highly possible. Yeah. Yes, I really actually found it a hard book to put down. So if you enjoy that kind of thing of what's in and what's out, why and when, and even the history of photography, it's another book that I really recommend. And once again, it's called Good Pictures: A History of Popular Photography by Kim Beal. B E I L. Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. What we'll you be- see, Matt? No, I just love that it has a whole chapter on ruin porn because I know some of the people from from that movement, like the urban exploration in Detroit and everything. Yes, they really do go through drone photography. So yeah, going through just the the fads, the techniques, and then yeah, they're they're placing. This is great. I I kind of like this because it's. It's not tech, like super technical, exactly. But it's a great intro. I mean, this is like a history of photography course that's masked as like a you can just you can take this like an assignment by assignment type thing. You you could base a, a whole year's curriculum off of this. Sure, you could. Visual, like a, lot a visual of it's history. It's even given by decade and by technique both. Yeah, so you can you really get a lot kind of, of miles. You can evolve through photography in this. This, but is actually, great. it's kind of like one thing I learned: if you shoot a really crappy, bad, ugly picture. Hold on to it. You'll be in in a few years. <laughs> yeah, just wait it out. Wait it out. We'll be right back. The Sally and Janet and Dinah and Trisha Just wait till they see the gift they're getting from me I'm gonna get you a Kodak disc In your heart, get a kiss Catch the fun, just like this I'm gonna get you a Kodak disc Easy to load and fun to use One has a telephoto too Well, how can you miss it? Yes, when you get him a Kodak disc. Merry Christmas, Bob. We're going to send film to... Hey, we're back. So, you know, John... Uh-huh. I found... What? What'd you find? I found over here... Well, we have two bags of film. Ah, uh, shit. Is that all mine? So, in the camera donation program, which we talked about earlier... Yeah. 
uh, John, when he's vetting the cameras, he'll frequently find a roll of exposed film. Yes. And we have a bag. That's all full of uh, exposed film? Yep. We're going to send it to that guy. <laughs> the I found your film guy. Oh, you want On to Instagram. Send- I think he's in like Sweden or something. Oh, the I found your film guy. Yes. He we, goes to like uh, garage sales. Is he and still stuff. doing that thing? It's, I think it's well so. over a year now. So I don't know. I haven't looked. There was this guy, and <clears throat> they emailed us as well. And they said, "Hey, do you have any found film?" And I, all we said was, "Can you pay for the shipping?" Because he was yeah. in Norway or Sweden. Yes, out in the frozen tundra. Right. This it's is a bad. bag. This is a bag. Oh. This is a bag. Undeveloped. And film. in the bag, there's other bags <laughs> of John Fideli oh shot God. film, not yet processed. That. All that stuff in there is mine. Yep. You sure no Mark Dalzell? No, or? no, this is all you. Oh Got Sfama color. Oh my god. So many memories just imprisoned. So at the Union College darkroom, yeah. I haven't used them yet, but there are tanks, like a five reel tank. Oh. That's what you need, right? I guess so. So you can come in like a jackpot? I still have at my house, I'm not even joking, I have like thirty strips of film. 30, 30 negatives waiting to be scanned. Well, maybe, this, you know, since I didn't buy you a Christmas present, maybe this is what I get you for Christmas. There you go. I'll send some of the stuff out. Get scanned, though. <coughs> I don't want no negatives back. Don't John. That. I don't want no negatives back. It means no more missing those once-in-a-lifetime pictures because your flash gun batteries are dead. Now, do you put your negatives in the print files? Yes. You do? Yes, of course. Folks at home, print file, it's... How would you describe it if you don't know the brand? What do you mean describe it? It's just uh, plastic with inserts in them so you can put your negatives, cut them into into uh, like four-inch strips. Right. Like five or six shots per strip. And you can insert them in there and label them and archive them all nice. It's three-hole punch, so you put them in a binder. Right. I got them in binders, yeah, for sure. Different topic, different day, folks, but photo negative management it's, is this whole thing. Yep. Next up. What? Well, Matt's going to be talking about nonlinear editing on on the telephone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a telephone. So Matt, he hooked up like one of these rot- rotary phones. Yes. And and you got to dial it to edit it. Yeah. It's like dial three for a splice when, and four for a dissolve. When John and I edited back in the Meadowland Showcase days. Oh, my God. It was so painful. So we were blessed to have access to the, to the Absolutely. studio. Absolutely. So I, I worked for Comcast, and it was Comcast... Uh, you know, video department. Mm. We shot commercials. Yeah, and there was a it was a little edit room, but it was stacked with decks, and it had an edit controller, three quarter inch decks. Yes, at first, right? Umatic three quarter inch tape. Before before this thing, Matt's going to talk about. Yeah, you used to have to take your source tape. Yeah, and then electronically edit it through an edit controller to another tape. Mm-hmm. Your master tape. Your master tape. But you would have to edit it in order. So you, let's say John and I are working on God. music video. You yeah. find your shot. Then you have to shuttle. So we have like four. We have four tapes, four source tapes. Yes. So it's like, okay, next shot is on tape one. And you would like, take at 20 minutes right. and 35 seconds. So you put the tape in, shuttle it to that, and then take that edit. Looks good. You're like, okay, next shot is on tape four. Right. So you eject tape one, take tape one out, put tape four in, and then find the, the time code on that tape. Next next shot's on tape one again. Go back, put tape on. It was a nightmare. It's a nightmare, especially when we were working on a music video that had like, you know, 30, <laughs> 30 frame edits. Yeah. Like like edits that would go. Yeah. There were like some three or four frame edits. You have to do one at a time. Yeah. 
And then you would look at preview and they're like, oh, that's it. And then you'd preview it, would look great. And then you would take it and it would not look like the preview at all. So then you'd have to go back and redo that and you'd lose a frame off your master because you'd have to go over that previous edit. Oh my God. Remember that shit? Yes, of course. Nightmare. So that was linear video editing. And of course, when we were in film school, that's non-linear. So you have your your film, the Mm. film that you shot. Yeah. Reversal film, so the original, yeah, either Ectochrome or Tri-X, and you'd look at it in a viewer, and you'd make notes with a grease pencil. Then you you would start cutting your film, and then physically, physically it together. Yes. So when I was making a short film, I was at my first Lodi apartment. Lodi. I took very tiny little nails, and I put nails in the entire wall s- wall around the entire <laughs> living room so you hung all your film up all the film was hung in order oh my God. for editing yeah and then i would splice it together yeah and then once you then you look at it in the viewer and then you start trimming it down if you need be and this would take a long time oh my god days and days, days. and days of intense editing you know like total concentration you'd forget to eat and stuff shout out to mark lucy my roommate at the time for <laughs> Putting up with that. There was so much film hanging that when Miss Bodine, my cat, would poop, (laughs) there would be film, little bits of film in the poop. My God, she was eating the film? Yeah. She was eating, like, the edits off the floor? You know the little edits, like a little frame? (laughs) Like sprockets or... Yeah, I know this is not funny, folks, but I will say she she passed them perfectly. (laughs) She passed them so well, if I needed a cut, I'd be like, oh, oh, shit. (laughs) Just clean it off. Throw it back in that there. That didn't actually happen. <laughs> no, no pets were hurt. So Matt's going to talk about <laughs> nonlinear editing on a phone, a smartphone, not a rotary phone. Let's see. From what we were talking about to this is the, the, a matter of how many years? The progression. 50 years? 40 no, years. 40 years. We can't age ourselves too From much. the 80s. Yeah, 43 years. Crazy stuff. Yep. Okay. We'll be back. Once in a while you can. When you give a Kodak Tele Instamatic camera outfit, you give everything you need to take exciting color pictures on Christmas morning. Tele Instamatic cameras take pictures two ways normal shots and telephoto shots. Kodak Tele Instamatic cameras start at less than $39. Outfits a few dollars more. Hey, we're back. We're talking about editing video on your phone. And you may now also be saying, What? Did, no, we don't talk about Dig. Well, we do because there are so many FPP folks out there shooting movie film and they're sending the film to FPP and we're sending back .mov files and .mp4 files. You know, folks who don't have a desktop or feel they don't have a setup for editing, editing in 2022 and beyond is now literally at your fingertips. You may have to upgrade your Samsung Galaxy 5, (laughs) as I did, but once you have a modern phone in your hand, the power you have is incredible. So in the gallery with me today is uh, Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. And Owen McCafferty. Oh, hey. And heading up the segment is... Uh, Matt, Matt Mirage. <laughs> M-A-T-M-A. Matt Mirage. Long-time listener. First time on the Caller. show. <laughs> so, Matt, talk about the, what power do people have? Uh, it's insane power, Mike. I, I don't even have like a, you know... I have a, a, a beef with like paying like way too much for a phone. I'm not going to buy the... the 13 Pro Max Ultra, what I drop an 18 hunch uh, or t- upwards of $2,000 for a phone is 
unconscionable Stops. to me. That's so yeah. much film. I think of everything in terms, in terms of, of how much film I can shoot uh, instead. So I usually I only have this is this isn't even the the newest one. This is a Pixel Three A. So I paid I paid like what three hundred cash for this like three years ago, but. It wasn't until I started doing more things on the go and doing some of these uh, these YouTube shorts, some TikToks, some small stuff like that, or if you wanted to push something to Reels or your uh, the face I can't remember the Facebook equivalent of it, like the their stories, story, yeah. any of those, being able to push small little short films to that is as easy. Of course, you just roll right with the phone, but if you want to polish it a little bit, add some titles, transitions, color uh, color effects. There's even keyframing stuff now. There are so many apps out there on the phone that just allow you to do it. So, hey, let's say I just got my MP4 back from mm-hmm. FPP. Yep. It's a roll of Super 8. Great. I want to, you know, I want to add music. I want to do a few things to it. What do I do? Done. There are a bunch of apps that can do it. So, of course, like if you have an iPhone, the iMovie, the iMovie that's on there is going to allow you quite a bit. iMovie's on my phone already? Yeah. yeah so really? They're, well, like the editor on your phone is like is fine. Okay. But if you want to do more advanced stuff, iPhone has things like – actually, let me get you, get you a list of some apps. Is, is iMovie associated with Final Cut? iMovie is, the, is the, the pipeline. So like you start with iMovie, and then once you learn the ropes, you go to Final Cut, and it's an easier transition. So if I already use Final Cut, I could backtra- backtrack into iMovie very easily? Yeah. Except okay. the project's not going to have all the same stuff. You know? Okay. You're not going to – yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's usually iMovie up, not oh, gotcha. Final Cut down. Yeah. Like you can't pop an XML file into – well, you might be able to. You know I use Resolve. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Like, but Resolve would like murder mm-hmm. even the best phone. So okay. we can't have something huge like the Cinema Suite. But there's some impressive, impressive apps that are that are out there. Now I'm I'm an Android guy. I don't have Apple beef. I just don't have Apple stuff. What's an Android? Exactly. There are a few apps that are out there now. Adobe, if you're an Adobe you know person, you really like the Adobe stuff. They have what's called Premiere Rush, which is a mobile ready version of Premiere. I don't like that one. But that's on there. Um, there's one called Filmora Go. Filmora. I use that as the desktop version. Yeah, Filmora has a desktop version. So a lot of these do have desktop equivalents, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. The one I personally use is actually really low on a lot of people's lists. But I use it because it's not resource intensive, which is important for my piddly four-year-old phone. Um, I use VN, which I think stands for Vlog Now Video Editor. Uh, but VN is, um, again, it's low resources, but... Whenever I do, um, I'll do some live streams. If I'm like really bored, I'll do a live stream on TikTok, like come develop film with me and I'll do like Q&As and stuff. Uh, TikTok will usually throw those live streams out, but you can download the, the raw versions of those. I'll take the, the raw footage from a, from a TikTok and I'll be able to edit color grade, change exposure and add titles to it all right in here. So you have a full, check it out, Mike. There's like a whole timeline. And it's just like any other video editor. You have multiple timelines. You can add tracks, music, sound effects. It's free. <laughs> free? Yeah. Whoa. You watch a five-second ad when you start it up. Incredible. So, I mean, but just like wild stuff that you couldn't think of even a, a few short years ago. Now, of course, if you are an iPhone user, so those are your multiple tracks, you can add music tracks up there. And I love that. Oh, titles? Yes. Yeah. And oh, then nice. all your color grade stuff. That's you very can... much like the original iMovie. Multiple tracks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's like simple to use. It's right there. Now, do you know? Does right Windows there. Movie Maker have a mobile app for Mike? It doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. It's all right. I, I really can't wait for the day when uh, 
Da Vinci puts out a, a mobile version. Yeah, I don't I, know. Oh, they don't have. Uh, that was they one don't. Of the questions I, was I would ask. move okay. to them instantaneously. But Blackmagic cameras are like they're an uphill battle because it's a Lego. Like you assemble a camera that eventually kind of works, but their software and the amazing. And DaVinci Resolve, I think, is actually pretty easy to use. Cause I'm you're, not... you're one of the rare ones. Oh, really? I mean, and I'm saying that not because I'm not a computer guy. I, I don't do a lot of video editing. As Mike knows, I mostly project my film. I do manual editing. But when I do use it, like, I, I think for the basic stuff, I think it's pretty... Oh, a lot of people hate it. Oh, okay. Because it's not... So, like, Final, compare that to Final Cut X, uh, Resolve is like... There's, there's a lot going on. So like you open okay. it up. Some people... They, there they, is a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you open it up, if you are easily like overwhelmed yeah. you're in your visual field, Resolve is like the single worst thing you can do. So that's why right. I like about these mobile editors. They make it very like mm. easy. I think all software programs are overwhelming mm. when out of just opening it up. I mean, yeah. so... Like even notes. I mean, Henrik Kudo... <laughs> Henrik, my friend Henrik, I was ready to do nonlinear editing. I said, what do I use? He's like, oh, Final Cut X, you'll love it. it yeah. Opened it up, but he was there... Because and I'm I'm you know an analog editor, so I knew what to do. Where's this? Uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm yes. like, where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Okay, great, thanks. Goodbye. It's great when here. you have somebody that can translate that for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. For me, it actually didn't start getting easier because like I I see things in terms of what I want to do for stills, but you have to change terms or you know because there's a different cinema term for this and that. Resolve came out with a this was like. Two years ago, they came out with this thing called the Speed Editor. It's a little key. I even packed it with me. I should have brought it in. But it's a little keyboard with a little track wheel and everything. And it has all the hotkeys. So I could sit there and learn the 680 hotkeys that are there. But this is already like a pre-built one. So I have an in-key, out-key. I can roll and slip edit and stuff really, really quick. And it's tactile. So now I can like sit and watch... I can watch my shows and I can just do a quick cut. You were telling me, we were talking uh, some previous shows, how long it takes to even just do a few short videos. Yeah. What used to, to do like a full LFF, it used to take a couple of days to cut together a, a 10 minute video. Now I can do like the rough part of it uh, before I start adding in sound and, and color. I can do the rough in like 30 minutes now. Okay. It's so like, so it just whatever works for you you know and for a lot of people that will be the phone now sure. this these cannot handle your phone is not built to do prores so like get it out of your head that you're going to be you're doing like movie grading kind of stuff but for home movies quick little shorts stuff to post to some other mobile viewed device it's great leslie you know what henrik always said Mm-mm. if you think you want to make movies and all you have is your phone you use your phone. You get started with the Don't phone. Don't let that be your deterrent. Use Absolutely. What you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like it's don't try to force something on the medium that's not, you know, that's not Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the phone is a great way to start. The, that was the advice. I think I made a lot of uh, a, a lot of management mad at Midwest Photo when people would come into the shop and asking like oh. what camera they should get. And I said, "Oh, can you pull your phone out for a second? You know, they just spent 1850 <laughs> buying a new iPhone 13 Pro Max, and I'm like, "Well, what's your camera budget? Because you just bought this phone." <laughs> And the camera budget was always four or five hundred bucks. Yeah. I'm like, no, you have a strictly better camera right there. There's things that it can't do versus yeah, but the, the iPhone does 4K, Matt. No, it's honestly, I will recommend that for video un, until you're ready to spend more than more than what that phone costs. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. Shoot with that. Get sick of it. You know, folks, you, you don't know how good you have it. The fact that you are you, you're at your studio, everything is in, in your pocket when. 
you know, in the 1990s. It used to be a $30,000 deck. Yeah. Like, you, sure. It was a whole room. You have to shoot. Let's say you were shooting on vid. Shoot on vid. Then you have to find a friend that works for cable TV. Mm-hmm. And you have to bribe that person with fried chicken to sneak in, <laughs> at, to sneak in at night. I'm Colonel Harold Sanders, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my Kentucky fried chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and sneak in at, to sneak in at night to editor Linear. Yeah. Tape deck oh. to tape deck. Oof. I mean, it was a real chore to get a little project done. So these days, oh my God, so much power, so much power. And I think it's you if you're not constantly reminding yourself how much there really is there, it's easy to take it for granted and say, ah, I want, I want to do this. But yeah, play around with it. And now this one is going to be a controversial one. That is, it is also free, but there are of course strings with any free anything. The best NLE that's out there that gets people into nonlinear video type editing is TikTok. Really? They even have a rotoscope filter, Mike. Get out of town. There's rotoscoping. There's green screening. TikTok I, has an edit app in it, built in it. It's the best one that's out there. Is that right? Yes. And what is TikTok? Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not on TikTok. It's, I need to be. But it's really... 12-year-olds. Now, do you have any concerns with um, TikTok being a Chinese company? and Outside the normal U.S. Mm-hmm. propaganda, like it's... Look. They're, they're, they're stealing they're as all, much information yeah, as anyone they're, they're else. They're it's just, just what suit what suit they're wearing that's stealing it you know it's that's that's my kind of opinion we're talking about pr- private you know privacy the fact that if you if you're a use, uh, use, user use of facebook that they have access to all the information to your phone so any free app you use exactly the- any free app um, if you're not paying for it yeah you are you've signed, <laughs> you've, you when you hit i agree you've, you've signed, signed away what you're right exactly so, so you have to come into it with that mentality. Like, what what are you shooting that you're that concerned? Like, you know, yeah. If if it is going to be that kind of stuff, get the get the right equipment for it. <laughs> get pay pay for that privacy. Super eight and an editor. Yeah, there splice, you go. And some splice. Tape. Another reason to shoot film. <laughs> yep. Yes. But it's it's a great. It really is a great nonlinear editor. Um, if you can see past the gimmicks, the dances, the thirst traps. The hot takes from <laughs> from younger folks. Oh. There are a lot of things that uh, you can you can use to your benefit from these. So I I try to keep an open mind about that because there is so 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 much power. And I think having worked in the retail space and seeing it evolve from there was one camera in house and it was ten thousand dollars that could kind of do video to now it's the single worst thing you could see walk in through the door that does even better than that you know it's a really really powerful thing to see and we can use it to we can use that to our advantage like now you know people were diy film scanning with like small dslrs we're to the point now where diy scanning can take place with with a phone and wouldn't it be so cool to like have like a you know a really cool motion scan done with the the phone and edited right on there it's it's cool it's how nice to edit on a tablet Mm-hmm. Phones that you'd be yeah. thinking like I'm a pro now. I got a big screen. You know, it just came to tablet. So like the other thing is, a lo- there's always the the legitimacy factor, and this kind of goes back to um, when Leslie reviewed that that awesome book. Good pictures. Good pictures. The legitimacy always lags behind until it's until it's forced down the throats oh, of of, yeah. of old hat professionals. Mm-hmm. Capture One now has a mm-hmm. now has a mobile app. Oh they really? Do. Oh wow! And they are so now you have art directors that don't no longer have to breathe over your neck. Mm-hmm. They can be on the other side of the country, 
and look at your work working camera. with it from their iPad mm-hmm. and doing all that stuff and changing camera settings. So the perception of the mobile device is completely changed. I learned this from somebody that works um, that works in broadcast cinema. Uh, he run he works for um, he will do contract gigs for Amazon and Netflix when they send out skeleton crews either to like Atlanta or like basically anywhere that isn't the West Coast. Do you know how they do this now, Mike? Mm-mm. This is really, really cool. They'll send out a crew of, like, if it's a really, really indie thing, it could be, like, a four-person crew. Like, seriously, for, like, wow. a, for pickups on, like a, like, a show for, like, a location. Wow. But the reason they can go so skeleton on this now is none of the, they may have one guy that does all the Digitech stuff, and the reason they can do that is the same thing that they'll use. So wireless transmission has been a thing for monitors on set for a while now. Now those same wireless transmitters have SIM sure, cards. Yeah. That SIM card will upload it. Will upload an encoded H.265 daily to a global server. So oh somebody. My God. So the the team that's got all the the good stuff over in L.A. They're editing dailies. Oh my! With God. a color grade. So before stuff is even backed up for the end of the day, <laughs> there's already a 720 copy with the with the color grade that's been approved by the art director now, how remotely. How do they get the, the the videotape to the studio? <laughs> is that just send it by mail or so if it's a large thing they Taxi. will yeah exactly. well just it's funny you say that back in the 90s once again in the 90s when i did uh, crew work i usually did audio uh we'd be on a news crew and we'd be downtown waiting in the bushes for madonna to come out of a building <laughs> and you know when we got our b-roll footage then we hop in the car then we glide to midtown to some <laughs> building rush it upstairs and then they have to and I would say to Gary, who the producer, but like, what are we doing? Uh, we have to throw it up on the bird. <laughs> so we had to rush that tape up upstairs to a building that had that service, mm-hmm. and then they uh, satellite it, satellite over to it, the broadcaster, over to whoever yeah. wanted the footage. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, but the, it's such a cool thing, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's weird coming from the mouth of someone that FEP listeners probably just assume is stuck in 1854. You know, with with large format cameras. I love this this technology and the ability to combine it. There's there's always a way to, to spin it and use it. If but if they're doing that, that's that's it's mm-hmm. so cool. I love it when you can mix mix the old and new. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not just gonna go to like no. If if you're if that's your game is going you know, if that's your whole thing is going to like reenactments and you know, that's fine. I don't. I like living in the future sometimes. The yeah. old gives you the the knowledge and the appreciation. Yes, and you can you can appreciate where you've where you've come mm-hmm. from on that. Yeah. Yep. But I think to to say everything that has has come out after after you were like in your formative years, crap is just it's not giving it a fair shake. Right. Stuff's pretty cool. Well, how do people get started? What's the easiest way to get started? Go to TikTok. Well, I'm not I'm not plugging any one in particular, but there are no shortage of top ten lists. For Android and Apple, I would recommend uh, start by searching with your preferred device. So if you have an iPhone, the top three apps for that are going to be different from the ones that are Android compatible. Right. There's going to be security options. And I will say, even though I'm an Android guy, the decidedly better video is actually out of the Apple devices. And the reason why is many apps that go onto Apple's store have a special developer pack with that that uses the full quality from their camera. Android apps are designed using only the preview quality of the camera. So anybody that shoots something that natively with the phone, so if you're filming with your phone, Android or uh, Apple always looks better than Android. So just small little tidbits. Wow. But yeah, go to the you start with the App Store, start with the the five stars, 
if it's made by a camera manufacturer like Canon, Nikon, Sony, it's guaranteed to have two stars or less. So <laughs> don't use those. I know it sounds weird, but camera manufacturers apps are the worst. Ah, it's interesting. Well, okay. Thank you very much, Matt. Thanks, guys. Don't, uh, ha- question- don't hate me for talking dig. Okay. <laughs> Questions podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. We'll be right back. Instant photography by Kodak and the night before Christmas. Hey, Joey. What? He's downstairs. Nobody downstairs, Arnold. There is so. When you need a picture in an instant, you'll love the Kodak Colorburst 250 with built-in flash. Joey, Joey, look. Brilliant color built-in flash with the Colorburst 250 instant camera. camera. All right. Well, that wraps up this Christmas. You know, I was going to say, um, the other thing that's with the advent of technology that's gotten smaller, are the f- it's just the fact that you can shoot on your phone. And even all the, the digital cameras are now much smaller. I used to carry around like 30 pounds on my shoulder. Yes. To document weddings and, you know. Uh, Newsy stuff. News events, etc. To the point that I would go to my chiropractor, Dr. Pete, and he would have to adjust my shoulders because one shoulder was lower than the other right. from carrying that weight around yep. for all those years. So you kids don't know how good you got it. Yeah, no, the, it's a, it's astonishing. Yeah. Especially in, in if such you're... a short time that everything has become so small. Yeah. Listen, we have some good episodes coming up. We have some episodes about uh, basic movie making, you know, using film. Uh, please do tune in for that. It's a lot of fun. And I don't know. Maybe you think, oh, my God, it's expensive, so I'm not going to get into that. But I will tell you this. You'll have the film the rest of your life. Yep. So once you shoot your movie on film, there's not going to be, you know, you don't have to worry about the technology aging out. <laughs> you don't have to worry about your phone going kaput. Or the cloud crashing. You're, you, as long as you have your roll of film, yep. you know, stored somewhere safe, you're good forever yep. and can pass that along, you know, to someone else in your family. Someone else in your family who will not care. Until they get to be like 50, 60 years old, and they're like, oh, what's this? And then they'll just be amazed. Right. And uh, hey, uh, on January 15th in West Orange, New Jersey, just kind of ties into what we do here with film, mm-hmm. Jack and the Beanstalk, Abbott and Costello meet that, Jack and the Beanstalk. Was that like a 50s movie? It was near the end of their career, I think. So we here, this film photography project and film media, sister companies, and we had uh, Bob Fermanac and his awesome company, 3D yes. Archive. They've uh, uh, kick-started Abbott several Cost- Abbott and Costello projects. And I think this was one of the first ones. They also did Africa Screams, yep. which was another later period Abbott and Costello film. And they also did the first season of the Abbott and Costello show and the second season of Abbott and Costello. 1952. Yeah. Gene Yarborough was the director. Story by Pat Costello. Is that like... His daughter or something? His daughter or wife. Oh. Jack, Lou Costello, and his agent, Mr. Dinkle, Bud Abbott, are struggling to find work through an employment agency. They land a, a gig babysitting a troublesome boy named Donald. <laughs> Trying to get the child sleep, Jack reads him the fairy tale Jack and the Beanstalk, which yeah. subsequently lulls Jack asleep, transporting him into a fantasy. Wow. So January 15th at the West Orange Film Festival, it's called. I'm going to try to drag, <clears throat> since we did the work on the film. I'll go. I'll yeah. Go. I'll go. You can buy the tickets, I'll be there. Be fun running to some FPP people. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Come and see the, the, the screening. Yeah. Is this probably one of the first projections of it? He may have projected oh, it elsewhere. Uh, probably the first projection of the, uh, one of the first the projections film. of the remastered. Right. And don't be fooled by imitations. There are, if you search on your Roku, you yeah. may find the movie. There are other versions out, is that out there. The, is it public domain, I wonder, or no? Uh, that I don't know, but there are, like, older tape versions. Yeah. 
So this is the brilliant remastered version. Mike and I both did the Kickstarter for the Evan Costello show, and the first season on Blu-ray looks amazing. Yes. I mean, so if that's any indication that the print's going to look pretty fabulous. And so we're going to have some more shows coming up, more bonus episodes. Bonus! Uh... Maybe do a New Year's Eve show? Yeah. Uh, Christmas that almost wasn't? Is that on your watch list? No. Ugh. Children! I've been running away from children all my life. All my life. Maybe your kids would like it. Kids would one like year it. you'll one get year you'll Maybe, maybe. You see, this Santa is the type Claus of thing. versus the Martian is on our. This is the type of thing that you list. don't like, but if your kids saw it, they may be like, oh my God, this is great. Nah, they're 15 and 13 now, so they may have aged out of that. We watched, uh, every year we watch uh, Babes in Toyland, okay. uh, Laurel and Hardy, yep. which, which freaked them out as a kid, which freaked me out as a kid because it's a pretty freaky production, and Santa Claus versus the Martian, which is also another freaky yep. thing. So worth it. What about the original cartoon Grinch voiced by Boris Karloff? We haven't watched those yet. We're going to like do that and Rudolph okay. and what else? Where do you see those now? Uh, streaming. Okay. Amazon Prime has them all. Okay. Burger Meister Meister Burger. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, what's the one with uh, the heat miser and the cold uh, The miser? Year Without a Santa Claus. That's a good Podcast of Film Photography Project.com. Enjoy the festivities this holiday season. Yes. Have, have, be good to yourself and be good to each other. Right. Yes, 
Yeah. 